0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics
0: at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life's
1: disruptions.
0: Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MTV Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app.
1: From MPV Think Radio, this is now you're talking. It's the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor at large and editorial cartoonist with Mississippi Today. Look, our guest today is a native of Silver Creek. He's a fellow cancer champion, and of course, he's a man who wears many hats and all of them pretty darn well as well. He's a deputy director of programs and accountability at the Mississippi Community College Board, an adjunct professor at Mississippi College, a member of the MPB Board of Directors. I suddenly have fear uh, that I'm going to screw up and lose the show today, but I'll try to behave. He's founder of SCM Consulting and Investments, a property renovation, author of an author. In your spare time, you're an author and also a rock star husband. The new book is Her Battle, My Lessons, Our Journey, a husband's account up close and very personal. And he's here today to discuss that book. On uh, of course, a tragedy and triumph, a love of his family, world traveling, and how really, really good he is at competition, barbecue, cooking. I'd say he's almost as good at that as Kevin is at making cookies, and that's pretty darn good as well. So— yeah, <laughs> yeah, way overstated. Look, um, I want to welcome Dr. Sean Mackey to the show, and and Sean, uh, I met you, I guess, officially. I mean, you know, it's it's Mississippi. We've probably crossed paths a million times over the years. I Met you officially. I was speaking to the college, uh, community college board, and that was really exciting. Got to meet you with you, and you lit up when you were talking about your new book. And let me just go ahead and set the stage for this conversation, kind of. Let everybody know where I'm coming from on this, because a lot of times I'm the curious but impassionate host who wants to find out what's going on with their guest. This is one where this is going to be a conversation of two people that have kind of experienced a very similar thing. Now, I I will say, knock on wood, my wife has not had cancer like yours has. Um, But I became – this is – October, by the way, is cancer, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. Uh, I became aware of breast cancer in 1978 uh, when my mother was diagnosed with it. And mom got it at a time when nobody talked about it. There were no pink ribbons. There were no support groups. There was no tutus. There was no love for anybody who had it. Back then, it was a loss of your sexuality. Uh, It was taboo to talk about it. And that just about drove my mother crazy. The other problem was, and my dad, and I love him, and I'll tell you all kinds of great stories about my dad all day long. Dad was not a great caregiver in the sense that he wasn't a rub your back and tell you it's going to be okay kind of guy. He was old school, right? <laughs> right. And 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 I think that also contributed to my mother nearly going crazy. And um, that really scarred, I think, their relationship for the rest of their lives. And so um, I am, of course, a child of a breast cancer survivor. My sisters had breast cancer. My aunts had breast cancer. My mom's cousin died of it. Um, my wife right now is with her mother who's had a recurrence of, of breast cancer and is in an awful lot of pain. It is a monster That has been part of my family DNA. Um, I'm a cancer survivor. I actually have malignant melanoma. As I woke up, my dad had bladder cancer. So as I woke up uh, and I looked at my parents after my surgery, I said, hey, guys, thanks for the genes. I appreciate that. (laughs) But when you and I started talking, you were talking about your book, and I lit up because it is one of the best books on the topic, because there aren't many books on the topic. And I think a lot of times when your spouse goes through stuff and goes through rough things, and my wife, unfortunately, has had to carry the brunt of that in in our relationship, because thankfully, once again, knock on wood, she's been fairly healthy. Um, It's hard to know how to react, because you're caught up in your own feelings. And you're caught up in the terror and the fear that you might lose your spouse. When you hear those three words, right? right? So you don't really know how to behave and how to react. And you have written an incredibly open book, um, a book that is very well written. It's very personal, and um, and also too. And, and you made me. I mean, your wife is a rock star. Um, I'll just tell you right now. And you both are. <laughs> I mean, you you guys had not been married long when this happened. That's correct. Um, and so it was like. And I don't know. You know, I, I think about it. I've been married to my wife for. 29 years Uh, Long time Uh, And she'll say it's even longer Uh, But, you know, I I think now My reaction might be a little bit different Because we have that 29 years You guys are still pretty much newlyweds When this whole thing happened And so um, I'll shut up now And let you tell your story Because I think it's it's a very powerful story And and then we'll get going into the book Because it's incredible Well, uh, first of all, Marshall Let me just say thank
0: you Uh, First of all, thank you for the kind words About the book Uh, It was a a passionate uh, project that I undertook. But more importantly, I want to just say thank you for having me as a guest on your show, on your program. I'm very honored and humbled. Uh, I get to see your work on national TV, right, as a cartoonist uh, last week. And yeah, man, no,
1: wasn't that weird? <laughs> oh,
0: man. That, that, no, it was awesome yeah. to have someone from Mississippi be uh, represented on national news like that. And then, of course, your in most recent— In a good recent, way. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. And your most recent uh, award, uh, the, the award that you just received. So uh, to sit across from the table from you now and have an opportunity to dialogue about a topic that we're both passionate about yeah. is, is, is awesome. So uh, I, I just want to say thank you, and I'm humbled for that opportunity and and yes to to dig into the book is uh the title is her her battle which it was yeah uh, my lessons uh which i think uh will be will serve as a significant benefit to those who do take the opportunity to read it and then we talk about our journey a husband's account up close and very yeah. personal and so uh we can go any direction that you choose to
1: yeah no I, i'll be honest with you when i first uh when you've first talked about the book with me. And, of course, I hadn't read it at that point, and you, you sent me a copy. Um, but I was just thinking, boy, I wish Dad had had this book. I really do. And, and now that I read it, I was like, yeah, I really wish I had it. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you this. Before we really get going into her, to Teresa's cancer journey and your cancer journey, because really, honestly, when you're the caregiver and you're the spouse, you're caring it. And, and I tell you, I've been in both situations. I've, I've had my parents have cancer. I've had cancer. Um, it's a lot easier when you have cancer in a weird way because you feel like you have control. Mm, wow. and, and it was like, um, you know, when I'm sitting there, and I remember I got shingles when dad had cancer. It was just so stressful on that. And so, um, but when I, you know, when I found out about the book, I realized it was really good. Literally, I mean, when she was diagnosed, it was she had been watching a spot. She had dense breast tissue, uh, which is – for those who do not know much about breast cancer and everything, Those that's a harder situation because it's harder to, to read the mammograms and so forth. She had a spot they were watching, and then she did the right thing. She did the self-exam, and she found it.
0: Right. And, and what happens – you do what – what your instincts naturally tell you to do. You go and get, get checked out. Yeah, And, and so she, she did that. Uh, and then once we learned of the, the diagnosis, uh, that's when, you know, you, when you think about cancer, at least I did, and because of the, the previous uh, deaths that had occurred in my family, you, you automatically associate health, cancer, and death. In, yeah. in
1: one sentence. Well, and Sean, let's flesh that out a little bit, because you had gone through a very similar situation I had. Your mom had gotten lung cancer, right? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. And it, and it took her life. It, it took her life. She had stage four um, lung cancer, uh, had a
0: brief stint in remission, yeah. which we were all excited about, it celebrated. It. And then, of course, the cancer came raging back and eventually uh, did take her life. And so with that as a backdrop in the back of my mind, oh, even you're, when you're dealing you, with trauma. Yeah. When yeah. you receive that positive news that you're you're in remission and thank God Teresa's in remission right now, um, you can't help but think. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it it could possibly be temporary. And of course you're hopeful and you're prayerful that it um that it is not. And so uh we've been very blessed right now at this point. She's been in remission now for two years and, and we're so thankful for that. And uh, so yes, it's it's a very frightening experience, and what really brought the book on uh, for me, it, which started out as just journaling, uh, yeah. Marshall. What I was trying to do was attempt to once we found out about the diagnosis and we began the treatment process, I was looking for, I was looking for some help. I was looking for yeah. some research, something that could help guide me, because this was a new experience for me, one that was challenging, uh, and and really scary to be quite honest. And so I started journaling really just to get a sense of peace, to stay centered and often hit the, the reset button. It's a reset button. I never shared this process with Teresa because she was the one that really kinda influenced me in the journaling because I had watched her do it so frequently. And it and it worked for me to have this outlet. And so what was initially journaling kinda started to turn into a book. But the book part came later on, and what I really wanted to do when I started journaling when I, and finding out that there was very little research in this area was I was like, well, maybe if I put these words down on paper, someone else may have an opportunity to benefit from them and create a resource for which I did not have, or uh, could not find based upon my research. So that was extremely, extremely important to me. I I also wanted to have um, the book be able to speak to women, to s- spouses, to wives, because when you take on this type of journey and all of the challenges, it's brand new to a husband yeah. or a spouse or partner. And so you, they are trying to navigate these uncharted waters, and they're doing it with fear. They're doing it with the mindset that they want to be a champion and a supporter of you, but they really don't know how. And so, because this is a new role that's that's fresh to to most men, uh, we we by nature we we are care, caregivers and we're providers for our families. But this was a different type of challenge to have to uh, experience. And so, I wanted the book to really serve as a resource to do that, and 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 more importantly, I wanted the book to really uh, demonstrate um, the courage uh, that my wife really uh, demonstrated during this battle. Uh, I learned so much about her, the, the courage and her, her commitment to health and her diet and, and her, her medication and just her own journey of trying to learn about, about cancer. And so it was definitely a, a project that has now become more of about passion for not only me, but about her. And as, as we look to really share the message and hope that this book can really and truly be a blessing to not only the men and the partners that are serving as the care providers and the champions and supporters, but also for the women so that they can look at their at their husbands, spouses, and partners and say, because to me at the end, at the core of it, in order to be a supporter, you have to receive support. Yeah. Otherwise, your well will run empty, and so uh, I feel like this book will be a source, a, a source of uh,
1: inspiration and a blessing to so
0: many that have an opportunity to read it.
1: I think a couple minutes and um a couple things before we go into the break. First of all, you were very wise that even though she was keeping a journal, you did not tap into that and 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 share her thoughts. These are these are this is your perspective and and I think right. that was very smart on your part.
0: Well, uh, well what I, what I wanted to do uh very quick, quickly is that I did not. Uh she had she's very thorough with her journaling. Sure. And, and in the book, I talk about how I could have taken her journal and had a source with all the information that I needed, whether it was doctors, medications, uh, appointments, time, dates, the whole nine yards. But I wanted to write uh, independent of her thoughts because I wanted to be transparent and I wanted the, the man's perspective as the husband to yeah. really shine through in the book. And so I felt like that was extremely important uh, for me to write it absent her comments, which in and we'll probably get a chance to talk about it, but I didn't even yeah. let allow her to read the book until I was near completion. Wow. Because uh I didn't want her words or her comments on chapter one or two to start to <laughs> yeah, influence yeah, yeah. the words that I would would, yeah. would, would would write because then it wouldn't be an authentic piece that represented how I was truly feeling while going through this battle, or it could end up
1: being a two chapter book, uh, or it could end up being a two chapter book,
0: uh, the end. Yeah, uh, and 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 I wanted her to see yeah. how she grew through the process as well. How she started out, how we both started out yeah. in fear, and and went through this battle, and then how she became such a survivor at the end. And so it was important for me to be able to tell that. And she could have shut the project down. had uh, See, okay, I, I, it's coming <laughs> out right now. Yeah, she, she, she could have absolutely <laughs> shut the project down uh, yeah. in chapter one or two, because I thought it was important that she see the whole story and not parts of it and start to nitpick it to death. So uh, so there was some, some um, reason and, and, and rhyme to what I was trying to do. But uh, it took me some encouraging on the back end to make sure that that I got full buy-in into this project. And she did buy-in, and we're committed to spreading this message to whomever is willing to
1: listen. Yeah, I just followed her on Facebook. I'm excited about that. I can't wait to start reading her posts a little bit, too. And I want you to tell us a little bit about her, too, before we really talk about her journey, because uh, she really is very strong and and quite a rock star. But you are, too. And it took a lot of courage for you to pen this book, and I'm really grateful you did. In with me in the studio today is Dr. Sean Mackey, author of the fantastic book, Her Battle, My Lessons, Our Journey, a husband's account up close and very personal. Uh, Welcome back uh, to Now You're Talking, Sean. And i got to tell you what, the timing on this book is incredible. It was accidental on our part, but um, Jermaine and I, you know, sometimes we get lucky occasionally. (laughs) Uh, But I will say this. This is, of course, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And let me throw a few statistics out there. It's estimated that in 2022, approximately 30% of all new women cancer diagnosis will be breast cancer. That's a lot of breast cancer. That's they're, a lot of breast a cancer. A lot of breast cancer. 3.8 million breast cancer survivors in the United States. And the good news is they are survivors. And I, I like to say they're thrivers too. Absolutely. Um, on breast cancer, let's see, on average, every two minutes a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer in the United States. And although rare, an estimated 27 Hundred, Almost 2,710 men, almost, and that's pretty exact, uh, will also be diagnosed with breast cancer too. And that's uh, pretty important to remember. I remember one time we had Paul Ott on the show talking, he had breast cancer and wow. had has a lump removed too. So anyway, those statistics out there, I would imagine that you all as a couple never thought that you would be one of those numbers. Never. Uh, it, it caught us completely off off guard,
0: and and again, it was so new to us because again, we were newlyweds. Only How married. did you
1: feel when you got that phone call? Oh,
0: man. Uh, in the book, I kind of referenced the fact that I think they they give you this news or deliver the news while you're at home in the comfort of your home so that your yeah. reaction can be personal and, and it can be as dramatic or, as you choose to make it. But for us, we were at home and anticipating a call, and we received that call on December the 27th uh, at around approximately 6 o'clock. And, and at that very moment— your 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 world, your life, your situation and circumstances change uh, in an instant, and and there's just no no way to really prepare for it, Marshall. To be quite honest, and and so we did the best we could to to um, to manage the situation, to again identify the fight champions that we wanted on our team while we went through this journey, uh, which were few. Uh, yeah. Teresa Ther- early on wanted this to be a a private battle, and 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 understandably so. Uh, because again, there's still a little bit of uh well as you you use the word taboo to really just speak on it, even though it's it's a much broader subject now and and of course the recovery and survival rate is uh incredible at this particular uh moment and and only getting better with the advances in medicine but certainly it was it was it was challenging and 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 frightening and so how do you remove that fear to begin to really implement a plan that you feel is going to be uh, adequate in order for you to both move forward in that journey together? And, and, and so it's, it, you know, when she, again, one of the comments that I make in the book, harsh is that I did not physically carry cancer in my body, but as her husband, I carried it emotionally and spiritually, which absolutely affected me mentally and physically. So and and those are words that I would want any survivor to hear, uh, because I guarantee you, at some point, their spouse or significant other or partner has felt the same way, and 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 felt like they wanted to be the best supporters and champions that they could for their wife, but they didn't know how. Yeah. And and sometimes you you fail in that regard, and good intentions just don't pan out, and so you you approach it together collectively, but if you're not on one accord, and if you don't understand the value of communicating through that process, and if you don't understand how important having knowledge of the subject uh, matter is to, to the journey, and if you don't understand how important having your circle and your champions are, not only to me, right, but I wanted Teresa to have her own support system beyond us. Because I knew that there would be certain things that she wouldn't want to share directly with me, because again, we're human beings, we're husband and wives, I mean husband and wife and and I don't know about you, but uh <laughs> being married now almost four years the the trials and tribulations come, and there are ups and downs, highs and lows, brother but... you know I can talk <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so so if you if you're not on one accord, that just makes it the the more challenging but yeah. but we managed to find a sweet spot where we could we could both be a support to each other and quite honestly it took us some time to get there Marshall because yeah. you know what she's needing uh she's not sometimes saying and I don't know about you but I'm not a good mind reader right and uh, so when you're not having that that transparent uh thoughtful uh and just deliberate conversation you you miss out on opportunities to really be of benefit to each other, and and for a while we 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 struggle to have those conversations, and and the book really really talks about that, and and it talks about the the, the journey and the mindset. So right away for most men, uh, you you'll find that you have to automatically uh, uh, just uh, just come to the reality that things will change. Yeah and and there's no way to avoid it. The the drugs will call, will cause physical changes to your wife. Yeah. And you have to see beyond those. They will change her mindset because she's focused on living and surviving. And your thinking is not not there at that particular moment. So everything changes. And so you have to be prepared for it because Everyone will exit this battle differently. One of the things that I talk about in the book is that it's the closest thing that I could probably relate to a PTSD, which I refer to in the book as a cancer PTSD, mm-hmm. because you don't go through battle without receiving some scars, and so if you're not co- if you're not collectively Moving in the same direction, those scars can become significant wounds that could unfortunately find themselves difficult to heal, so you have to be willing to put yourself in a place where you can have thoughtful conversations and and candid candid con- conversations and One of the things that I, I, I would caution about that 's spoken about in the book is 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 tone and and, and words and how important they are. And so sometimes you can have good intentions and you can think you're saying the right thing and you're really missing the mark. And so that's extremely, extremely important. And, and so you have to also know when to remain silent. Sometimes, sometimes I believe my presence was the only thing that Teresa wanted. Uh, for me to talk about uh, the game, or asking her questions, or how she's doing, how she's feeling, I could empathize, but I, I, there was no way that I could could really truly understand. So I think she just wanted me to be, and so I would also I would find myself erring, trying to just have this 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 banter, this conversation
1: that was meaningless, right? but uh oh you got me smiling right now because <laughs> and I got to tell you and I don't I don't know what Teresa's love language is like. Amy right. Amy's one of those situations where mine is like I oh I'm going to try to say the right thing to make things better. Mm-hmm. She just wants me to do the right thing. She wants me to shut up and do the right thing. And so it's like I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's hard for you because you're sitting there and you're wa- – number one, you're terrified right. because you love her and you're watching her going through this. You're, you know, sitting there watching her as she's getting her head shaved and, and all these things that you, – and you – you just know you're going to step on a landmine and say, and you talk about scars. Right. Because, you know, literally when you get done with everything, there could be scars to the relationship, like you said. Absolutely. Um, Tell us a little little bit about her because she's a doctor also. She's, uh, you both are very, very professional and both very driven and and so forth people. But, man, I mean, that had to be so hard on her because I know she had triple negative breast cancer, which is the most aggressive, which generally means that you get the red pill. That's right. Which, like the Matrix, it's you know, <laughs> it's like ah, oh, the, but the red pill is called the Red Devil.
0: It's it's uh, it's named the Red Devil. That's the street name for yeah. it. Is um, <laughs> and 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 so it's one of those things where where the, I think it's called um, adromycin. Adrami- I'm probably mispronouncing that. I'm I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly. But what you uh, adromycin, adromycin, okay, I I want to make sure I get that right. But commonly known as uh, the Red Devil. And which is, it's red in, in color. And, and so it is one of the more dramatic drugs that have, the, have such a significant impact on your body. And what Teresa and I did, because we knew, because of our research and the, what we had learned, that we wanted to make sure that we can kind of hedge off some of the side effects as best we, we yeah. could so that we wouldn't go through these ups and downs of, of mental highs and lows. And so one of the more dr- dramatic things that we did, we made the decision that we would cut her hair off. And of course in the book you'll see pictures of
1: oh, she of, loves her hair. I mean, oh, oh, so look, that had to be hard.
0: That, look any any lady can attest to how
1: Jermaine's got her hand up over
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you you don't you don't really touch their hair uh circumstantial, but you you really don't want to t- touch the hair and and uh, but we made a decision to cut it all off, and I and and she allowed me to do that, and I did it, and and it was it was symbolic in a way, it it really
1: benchmarked that we're on this journey together, yeah, and uh and I love that you made a special uh, schmock or, or you know thing that had the logo on there that Ooh. team back. I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and and again, you can see that from
0: the pictures in the book, but. Um, I was just again trying to be thoughtful in the moment and and try to reduce the fear and anxiety that I knew she would be encountering as a part of this process, and so I, I had the cape made uh, and had our team Mackie logo put on it, and, and right before I was uh, began cutting her hair, uh, and I can see she was she was getting emotional. I presented the cape to her, and and so uh, I think it. it, it It overwhelmed her uh, emotionally, but I think she really saw the commitment in me because it was a thoughtful gesture. And and again, not to make this about me because I I assure you it is not, but uh, what I was trying to do was ease her fears and anxieties.
1: But to say, I, I want everybody to understand that he is not coming in here bragging about how what a great husband he was right. during this whole process. He basically has written a book to show every husband and caregiver how to be humble and how to be empathetic. And you you did a great job doing that.
0: And and I appreciate you saying that. And and it, and it's difficult to really bring that to light because it's such a sensitive subject, right? Well, yeah. So so you you have to just position. Where you are as a husband, a spouse, or a partner, from the actual cancer patient, yeah. right, and and now the survivor. So a survivor will tell you, probably, we don't care nothing about the husband, right? I mean, what did he do? He didn't have cancer, you know. So so you have to be mindful that there's a there's a unique balance that has to be, um, has has to be achieved because if. If the survivors don't realize the impact of their journey on their spouse or significant other, then I think they're missing out on a on a great opportunity to really, uh, to really expand the conversation beyond just the breast cancer that they receive themselves, but the impact that it could have on their families. I mean, this is probably not the 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 proper analogy or, or metaphor to use, but I see the survivor getting the treatment, um, being encouraged, receiving all of the support, and they survive. But because they took their eye off of all the the things around them, those things metamorphically die. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, you, you've survived but nothing in terms of your relationships, in terms of, anything that you've uh, previously been involved in, now it, it it changes. And so you can't really uh, anticipate it if you're so focused on yourself and not even at least acknowledge that you have this fight champion that's in the foxhole with you, firing like crazy to make sure that you do survive and thrive. And so... That's what the book is, uh, is truly about, making sure that, that there's a, a, an empathy to the entire process and those who, who dare to, to, to enter that circle to assist in that journey because you have to have people that are committed. It will reveal those individuals that you know are really fully uh, supporting you in your efforts because it, it is, it's so demanding it is, it is extremely demanding. And and one of the things that we talk about in the book are the appointments and and what all
1: is required when you're going through treatment. Oh, and yeah, and you have three kids. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you're having to, you know, keep your jobs going and everything else. And with me today is Dr. Sean Mackey. He's author of the book, Her Battle, My Lessons, Our Journey, a husband's account up close and very personal Um Sean, I got to say, you almost wrote this apologetically. Now, when she went through her treatment, it was literally at the beginning of the pandemic. So there was COVID, which, you know, the the red devil was basically nuking her immune system. So that was the last thing you needed for her was to get COVID. So there was a lot of you had to be very careful. You had to be protocol. Like you said, you have three kids running around uh, your boys which by the way, God bless you on that. I've got three boys too. It's a, it's, it's a lot of fun <laughs> uh, to
0: say the least. Well, I was older. I think your children are much younger. So that, that, Oh no, that definitely... no, mine,
1: no, no, mine's old too. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're in the same thing, but okay. still, there but anyway, um, you know, we're about the same age actually. So, but, uh, one of the things you touch on, you wrote this almost apologetically that you play golf, which was a good thing to do because it's outside. And now that we know how the virus operates and everything, it, it, it but, you know, I think you had to do some self-care there a little bit. I think when you're a caregiver, and a lot of caregivers forget that, um, they're so focused on you've got to keep work going, you've got to keep family going, you've got to keep everything going. Um, and family is a big part of it, too. I mean, you've got a great family, and you had a lot of support from them, too. Right. But but tell us how important that was for you to get out there mentally, for you to be able to go and, and t- get a break. Right. So
0: one of the things that I mentioned early on was – uh, as a spouse, in order to be a support, you, you need support. And you also have to figure out what gives you peace in order to be able to really give your all to your, your spouse in that situation. So for me, that was golf. Yeah. Um, I, uh, golf. Uh, and as you mentioned, it was during the height of the pandemic, which, um, again, taking the the... the cancer drugs, it significantly reduces your immune system, your autoimmune system. And so now you have a virus that, of course, is attacking the immune system. So it makes her, uh, because her white blood cell count now is at such a low level, it makes her susceptible to uh, COVID. So we had to adjust and adapt, as everyone did, to go into super lockdown mode, uh, how I refer to it in the book. And so the one thing that I did do, um, that I thought was the safest and 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 best thing to give me that peace was I I played golf and I would go to, uh, to the golf course and because it was outdoors I was uh, a little less worried about COVID I could walk the golf course which would minimize any type of contact and then of course there was cooking and some other things I, I enjoyed doing and I loved riding motorcycles I actually have a, a motorcycle so, I so that's ride.
1: where the love of traveling comes from
0: yeah there you go and and so uh, the, those were things that were important for me because what I did not want to do is 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 let whatever type of fatigue that I was facing enter into the room when we are together and her feel like I was somehow uh being um uh, just not being thoughtful yeah. or or now i'm have I'm doing things with malice and and not really doing things that needed to be done because i'm exhausted and and so uh, but she threw it all when I when I tell you she she's so independent and and uh, with the courage and and the way she fought the battle, uh, she really did not did not need me. But I thought it was a privilege to be able to and and I wore it with a badge badge of honor as I do now to to have been her partner through this journey because it 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 created memories for our. Uh, marriage and now gives us another foundation, another yeah. brick to put in that foundation to help sustain us on, on, on days when, when it may be a little cloudy. So, But the book really, really, uh, it, it speaks to the value of, of, of for care providers and, and whatever your role is to, to really value uh, building and investing in yourself so that you can give your all to the patient.
1: You had some good tips in there. Uh, everything from family leave act to basically, and you were fortunate because you had enough leave built up that you were able to take off and be with her. And, and you were able to work around some of the protocols of COVID and be with her on that too. My sister, <laughs> my sister had her surgery in the middle of COVID too. Yeah. And it was re- you know, my poor brother-in-law had to sit out in a waiting room, you know, while right. everything went out on that too. And the thing that strikes me About her, number one, she she teaches and she's very good at it, and she teaches in Decatur. So she would literally get off and drive eighty nine miles, go do her treatment on a Friday with the Red Devil, which basically meant that by Sunday she was going to be sick as a dog. So she timed everything so that she could get back to work. Right, and she managed to actually continue working and continuing. How important was that degree of normalcy to her? I, I
0: really think that that served as part of her foundation because she could continue with some level of normalcy, even though she was going through a very challenging and difficult time. And, again, the, the pain that she was going through throughout the process and, and the drugs that she was having to take to just uh, get through the day. But, uh, yeah, we, we would uh, have treatment on Fridays. Uh, Teresa had 20 treatments and And I was fortunate and blessed enough to be be there with her and with each of those and and you mentioned during covid of course during that time they weren't even allowing um guests in the hospital, so uh we had and manufactured what I call in the book an itty bitty lie <laughs> to allow us to to really get me in the in the room with her while she was um receiving treatment basically that I was a caretaker and I had to put on her her cold gloves and socks and help her uh to the bathroom so we 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 put those things in place so that I could be be with her but they'll tell you the third day after taking the, the adromycin that the third day is really the worst so if you got treatment on Friday then of course that third day is Monday yeah which is the day that she had to return to work and and again most Most people would have taken off that Monday and given themselves extra time to recover. But, of course, her being uh, the strong-willed person that she is and dedicated and and determined, she went to work uh, and had to drive, as you indicated, 89 miles from our home in Madison uh, back to Decatur, where she you, she teaches part time uh, as an adjunct instructor, but she was the vice president of instruction. So she her, her role was significant. Her duties and responsibilities were significant and great, yeah. and very demanding. So to still go to work and be able to give her all to her role, it just spoke volumes. And and I was like, if 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 this young lady can do it, there's no way I'm going. I'm not going to do my part, right? If she's making this type of sacrifice. Then, then, then damn it, I'd be able to do my part.
1: Yeah, y'all decided to do your treatment here instead of going to MD Anderson in Houston, which is an incredible facility. Um, but, you know, that way it's a lot easier for her to travel 89 miles than it is for her to have to fly to Houston or right. drive to Houston. On that, you had incredibly, she had incredibly good doctors. Um, one of them that I'm, very fond of, because he literally saved my life 20 years ago when he caught my melanoma after three doctors had missed it, it was Kenny mm-hmm. Barraza, was very good, and you had Dr. Lay, and, and I can't remember the other one. Just uh, Tammy Young. Yeah, Tammy, Dr. Young. Dr. I, Tammy I, Young. I don't want to leave anybody out. Yeah. But you had good relationships, and that was really important, too, to be able to have that kind of relationship with your doctors.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would say this, and, and again, this is not something I think most men are comfortable doing, developing relationships with doctors, Yeah. period. But then, to develop relationships with doctors that are not your primary care providers these were these were her doctors and yeah. and and certainly I can't say that I had the relationship or still have the relationship that that she does, but it was important for me to have relationships with them in order to be able to speak the language right so that I was familiar with uh, the the either whether it was treatment uh, even talking about white blood cells and and you want to have a depth of knowledge so that you can can be again a resource for your your wife. So well,
1: I can I can tell you this, Sean. Being on the opposite end of it and being the one who's heard you have cancer. It's literally like Charlie Brown's parents talking. You hear want 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 you have cancer. So it's good to have someone with you who is a grown-up like your spouse who is very calm that can hear the things like that. And so that really that was huge and of course both of you are very smart people obviously but uh, it was very good for you to be able to do that. Right. Well, well, really Marshall, I was pretending. I was in complete <laughs> shock while I was in
0: while I was in there. I mean,
1: You're not supposed to tell people that. Uh, well,
0: well, <laughs> if, if nothing else, the book is transparent, right? No, and, I know. You're so, very honest. And so it? am I and, and and so the fear. But I felt like uh like most men, you, you gotta put up the facade yeah. of 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 being tough and supportive and and the strength that you have to, to display in order to to help both of you be able to move forward in a positive manner through the through the process. So um I had to do that on a number of occasions where I may have gone and <clears throat> and cried by yeah. myself. Right. excuse me, but
1: that was all important and part of the process. There was a moment and it, you know, you wrote about it very, and I mean, it it just kind of hit me in the heart where she just kind of looked at you and said, we're now closer than ever. And and it was kind of hurtful in a way, but the way I read it was, was that you had done all the right things, along and you had literally built a foundation for your marriage just because you had been a fantastic caregiver and husband. And now she truly felt open and honest about that. But sometimes it's hard Mm -hmm. when your wife's going through and she may say something for you not to instantly look at her and say something to say just the wrong thing. (laughs) And I think you handled it well. But I mean, like I said, I just wanted to give you a hug on that because I'm like, Dude, that was a compliment because you had done all the right things up to that point.
0: Well, well, uh, definitely. Let me let me let me just point a clarity. I, she would tell you in an instant instant that I did not do all the right things, but it wasn't from. A lack of effort lack of trying. and lack of trying. And maybe she noticed that, right? And and I think sometimes you, you get a little grace when uh, she knows that your heart is in the right place, even though you're completely putting your foot in your mouth with a lot of the things that you're, you're, you're saying. And that's why I said it was so important sometimes to just sit in silence and just yeah. be present because uh it had know, to once, be hard though. Yeah, one, but once you say it, even if you're saying it in a temporary uh moment of just disgust, you can't take those words back. Yes. And <laughs> and, and and I've heard uh, uh speaker gray always said that uh whenever you're silent, silence cannot be misquoted. So yes. I I absolutely love that quote and and so I I felt like it worked for for both of us and and I'm sure she herself had to demonstrate that at times too. For me, sure. so that so that I would not overreact. So it was a partnership that we both played uh, significant roles in. And again, by her being so independent and strong, that she she took on uh, strength when I felt my weakest. Yeah. And so together, I think we complemented it complemented each other very well in order to 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 get through that journey. And and so we're still fighting and still battling. Because again, the type of cancer that she, breast cancer that she had, was triple negative, and as you've already mentioned, has the highest rate of recurrence. So, um, I have to be cognizant of the fact that she thinks of this every day. When yeah. sometimes it is not on my radar, but she's thinking every day that this could possibly reoccur, and so to go through life with that level of thinking. Um, I'm sure it's not healthy, but we had to seek out the type of help in terms of counseling to make sure that we could identify those challenges and barriers, take a strong, in depth, granular look at our, our mental health to be able to make decisions that would foster uh, progressive growth for the future. So, and that's one of the tips in the, in that, the lessons in the book is that men can't be afraid. Uh, and couples should not be afraid uh, to get counseling. Also, another topic that's extremely taboo, but it adds value that you really can't appreciate until you have an opportunity to see it in action, because you you're able to share and have conversations and dialogue that you have an unbiased professional help guide you through those landmines, and yes. so uh, it helps it helps you not to trip. But it helps you to be straightforward because the probing and the questions that are asked make you think differently about subjects and topics and that you may not have really uh thought thought about in that way so it it makes you reevaluate situations and circumstances so that you both can be better for it and and again, so that you can survive that that journey, and those scars don't turn into wounds and those
1: wounds. I uh, are allowed to heal. I'm lo- I'm thinking of a metaphor and I'm thinking about steel and how, you know, it starts as iron and, you know, it's got flaws and everything else, but it's forged through heat and through, you know, going literally through hell. Yeah. That's literally your marriage your marriage is now a lot stronger because you were forged to that but like you said about the scars those little weak spots can be the you know that can take it down how's she doing now how's she feeling
0: she she's doing great she she's at home right now on fall break which i'm a little jealous of because i have to return to work but she she's (laughs) she's relaxing right now and and her health is good both mentally and physically she's in a very good place Uh, And and we're just looking forward to a a bright future, hopefully cancer-free for the rest of her life, my life as well. You never know. But but certainly uh, she has embraced her new self because changes and challenges, again, that we talk about in the book, uh, from the physical to the mental, will occur. But when I tell you she's overcome those, and 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 again, it's a day. It's a no, daily. It yeah. It's a daily grind. It is, yeah. and so we we just feel like it's important that that we share this message and that men have an opportunity to really understand the value, of of the counseling and understanding how, the value of being positive, and understand the value of communicating, not just communicating but being effective with that communication, and then again just being a supporter and a champion. Even when you yourself, uh, when your well is starting to run dry, so all these principles, and there are many more. There are twenty. Uh, yeah, we, we didn't even touch on them. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know. get an opportunity to. But uh, I'll tell you, my please uh, go and 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 buy the book. I, I, Where I feel can folks like find it? They can find the book uh, if you want an autograph copy. Well, of course. Um, yeah, you can go to my website. It's uh, sean s h a w n c Mackey.com. dot com. That's sean c Mackey dot com. And then uh, you can also get it. The book now is available on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble. So uh, we hope that people will go and get it. Uh, it it is definitely a one of a kind because I looked for a book as a resource like this to help support me, and I could not find it anywhere. Marshall,
1: Sean, I'll tell you this about the book. And like I said, it is you know it's not just specific to husbands whose wives have breast cancer, although right. it is very helpful for that. It also is a very good book for husbands whose wives are going through something and you want to figure out how to be a better and supportive spouse and avoid those scars that you were talking about. And like I said, I'm sitting there reading it last night. Uh, finishing it up, and you know my wife's over with her mom right now, and my, my, my wife b- does not like to communicate when she gets under stress and everything right. else, and, I, <laughs> and I'm sitting there trying to talk my way out of it. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, these are all the mistakes I've made, and I'm looking through your book and I'm looking from everything from be prepared for variations and levels of your relationship. That's tip number ten. Bing, 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 bing. That's that's a lot of truth, and you know be positive with her and worry about depression and there's just so many different things in there and like i said it's a universal book uh whether it's just breast cancer or not but um god bless you and and Teresa too and i like i said i look forward to following her journey and i I will reach out to her on the advice on how to get past worrying about (laughs) the recurrence because i've been doing that one for 20 years and uh you know you just get up every morning look at the sun come up and you just Thank the good Lord that you're still vertical.
0: Absolutely. Well, yeah. and, and again, if I could just thank you all for uh, having me as a guest and and very, very honored and a privilege to speak with you all today.
1: Oh, this was fun. It really was. And you're welcome yeah. back anytime because I have a feeling we could talk about. I want to talk about the cooking and the traveling and all that good stuff, too. But anyway. Sean, thank you so much. And I want to thank you for listening and thank our guest, Dr. Sean Mackey, for joining us today. If you'd like to hear the show again or any past episodes, you can listen to our podcast. That's right. On your favorite podcast app or on our MPB Public Media app. Now you're talking is a production of MPB Think Radio and is produced by the incredible Jermaine Flood. And y'all have a great week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks.